So, so the students here are zealous, but I won't take it away from Nigerian students that we are also zealous. A lot of Nigerian students are, have so much zeal, but then there's little knowledge or little access to information. But definitely, in terms of zealousness, yeah, in terms of zealousness, I think Nigerians have that. Then I, I'll just use this opportunity to also correct a misconception we have back home. Like, like sometimes when you're in Nigeria and they tell you that um, it's easy abroad, like when you go abroad, the education system makes it easy. It's easier than what we have back home. That back home things are so difficult, but that that is uh, very very far from the truth. It's not easy anywhere in the world. Hello and welcome to the Eyelid Podcast. My name is Sylvester Okoyomo. On today's episode, I chat with Edo State-born author, certified life coach, and doctoral student at the University of Toronto in Canada, Aluagbaye, Israel. You may notice a few distortions in the sound quality as a result of the long-distance call but I assure you, you'll get the import of the message. Happy listening. My very first guest on the Eyelid Podcast is Coach Aloagbaye Israel. Coach Israel is a certified life coach and author and a doctoral candidate of Toronto in Canada. Coach Israel, thanks for taking the time to be on the Eyelid Podcast. My pleasure. I'm very glad to be here with you. Thank you, Sylvester. Yeah. We met about eight years ago, if I remember clearly. We were both master's students in the University of Benin. Yes. In Nigeria. And um, afterwards, I went on to become a corporate uh, staff in telecoms and you became a lecturer and later went on for your scholarship in Canada. Uh, tell me that story again. How did it all come about and how has the experience been for you so far? Okay, it's been um, great. I thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's also been a very difficult transition in terms of the uh, social aspect. You know, when you come into a new community, you're trying to uh, connect to new people, make new friends, get new um, family that you can discuss with and all that. So, so that was challenging initially, uh, but it's getting better with the church community and other people that you uh, connect with through different networking events. Then it was also a difficult transition in terms of the communication, right? So communication, uh, because our accents are different. Our accents are different. So you need to find a way to talk slowly so that people can hear you here. Then also, you know, we did our masters in Uniben, and 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 there, there was some uh, there was some kind of knowledge gap when I came in, um, when I came immediately from that masters and started the PhD in Canada. There was a huge knowledge gap, but I covered that gap with some courses that I took here. So it's been getting better. It was a difficult transition, I must say, but um, thank God so far it's been good. Wow. Wow, awesome. You, you spoke about the, the knowledge gap. What, what can you say about the educational system of both countries? Is it, is it that um, the learning pattern is different or is it the course content, the curriculum and what have you? What, what exactly the knowledge gap or the educational system? Is there, is there any difference between both countries in Nigeria and Canada? Okay. Um... In Nigeria, I, I think the one thing that happens to us is we do not have enough as access to knowledge, right? There's, there's a low level of access to information. Like my school has the third largest library in the world, 
and we have close to 60 libraries and each of those libraries would be would be as big as uh probably the uh what, what would i call it now like the national library in Edo state or even times two of that much, much bigger than each of them and 60 of these are located in just one school right so you can see how much information they have and how much information you also have access to online you have access to virtually any journal um database that you can think of online so there's so much information and so so that information gap makes nigerian educational systems right at the university level just seem like scratching the surface right when you get to a phd now you're thinking of a lot of whys why 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 is this happening why why does this equation work so trying to change that thing you need to understand the principle behind it so so, so the knowledge gap was um in terms of uh coming from a place where i was scratching the surface and now going to a place where i need to go deep into understanding the uh, principle so so it was a big uh, shift and and so um and another thing about the lecturing styles too that we i observe is the lecturers here have some kind of partnership with a lot of industry um uh, industry participants so so they get in touch with companies companies are willing to pay for the knowledge that the university can offer so you see lecturers teaching you with some kind of experience from some way they are applying that knowledge in solving a physical problem but we hardly get that in nigeria um because uh some in some way too people are not interested in investing in knowledge the, the government has not even created that kind of uh, atmosphere where people are willing to invest in knowledge invest in the educational system and all that so so that difference is a huge is a, is a huge shift it's a huge one but i believe with um dedication and um we, we nigeria can get there eventually yeah wow wow such such um such deep insights how about the students i'm, I'm curious how about the students attitudes to learning you know in nigeria I, we, we we pride ourselves being very studious our students like to learn remember back in the uh, days in uniben the jacko fights you know, you know we call ourselves scholars jackers and all that kind of a thing I'm, I'm just curious the attitude towards learning the students now not just the system how are the students how do they react to learning to studying do they come with that kind of passion we have in nigeria and all that the, the students come with a lot of passion and they love um, a lot of skill because um, when they come with that passion to and zeal then they, they have access to all the information so it helps them even get better i, I was opportunity to supervise some undergrad students for some um summer project and i could see their zeal and commitment they did a lot of fantastic things so so the students here are zealous but i won't take it away from nigerian students that we are also zealous a lot of nigerian students are have so much zeal but then there's little knowledge or little access to information but definitely in terms of zealousness yeah in terms of zealousness i think nigerians have that then i i'll just use this opportunity to also correct a misconception we have back home like like sometimes when you're in nigeria and they tell you that um it's easy abroad like when you go abroad the educational system makes it easy it's easier than what we have back home that back home things are so difficult but that that is uh, very very far from the truth it's not easy anywhere in the world like even here they load you with so many assignments that you have to um, perform at top level to be able to do very well so it's also difficult here but the thing that you get is that you have access to information and with the zeal that we develop in the kind of system that we have in nigeria also it helps us to perform well here so um yeah so basically it's just the nigerian states also have zealousness 
but we need to correct that misconception about things being easy abroad. It's um, it could be even tougher. I I, I could just use opportunity now to also explain like a, an example. I uh, an example of how this misconception almost um got me into trouble. Like when I came here the first time, I was I was so eager. Like you know when we did our masters, we took like eight courses in a semester, right? We took eight courses. Yeah. So when I came here, I was willing to take like five yeah. courses in one semester, five courses, right? My supervisor told me to remove like two, so that I could take three. But initially, I was like, ah, oh, this man doesn't know me. I did eight in Nigeria. I will take five here. <laughs> but <laughs> as time went on, I saw it was so difficult to even take two. <laughs> it was really difficult because a lot, a lot of assignments, a lot of classes, wow. like, so so tough. Eventually, I could um, take three and. And, and did well in them yeah awesome awesome points yeah. and um, corrections well taken well taken so tell me is there anything in your formative years that prepared you for all you currently do tell me about your growing up okay um that's a very great and interesting question i would say that um as i grew up when i was young uh well i observed that something some kind of burden i had in my heart was to help people I think it started when in class I was opportune to teach one of my classmates some basic principles on spellings and that was in my primary school. I think I was about like primary six or so. So in teaching him and seeing the difference that it made in his life, just seeing the difference that it made to help him be able to do better in his education then I was I was now eager to, you know, help people. So so that that's I think that um, process helped my had to be prepared to see how I can learn things and help people. So, so what happened eventually was uh, I, I started writing a book at um, when I was like 11 years old. I started compiling a book on like, what I thought was facts of life. And one of the facts I remember was from that uh, story of my friend from primary school that I wrote it down and said, never pretend in life. That if my friend was pretending, then he would know what he got to know through me. So, so there were other, other, other things I wrote down, but Eventually, I didn't keep the book. My dad saw it and he was so amazed. Like, oh, you put this thing down. And he kept the book. But I, I, I didn't see it today. But it was an interesting process for me to prepare me to, you know, write other books and then uh, prepare myself to truly teach people and inspire uh, people. Yeah. Wow. So how, how do you now strike the balance between being an engineer, a trained engineer on the one hand, and a life coach and author on the other hand how do you balance both sides of the equation it's like a marriage between the sciences and the arts if if if, if i may say that okay. um it's a uh, very similar in some way because um from what i observe like going through engineering engineering expands your analytical thinking to fix issues that's what engineers do we look for ways to solve problems basically so, so uh, life coaching is also a way now to apply that analytical thinking to guide people to their solutions, to help people see the possibilities that are around them, all their options, and then guide them into taking the, the best options to fix their uh, life issues. So, so it's really, there's really a meeting point in those two, seeing that engineering is about analysis, finding solutions, and now life coaching is also about helping people, guiding people, and then also helping them um, find solutions uh, that would be within them most of the time. So um, being an engineer has prepared me in a very, um, to a very large extent to also be a to also be of service to people and help them uh, fulfill God's purpose for their life. 
Okay, so in essence, you are saying that there's a there's a meeting point, there's a marriage between both. Yes. Okay. Yes. Many people find it hard to believe that you can actually marry being an engineer and being a writer or a, a, a public speaker and all that. Yes. Yes. Um, there's this book I'm reading now. It's called uh, Psycho Cybernetics. So, 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 psychology was just one area of like life coaching where you say people were thinking about how the humans think, uh, why the humans think the way they do, why cybernetics was more of the engineering side, like, um, about like looking at how machines work. But was someone that eventually saw that how machines work is actually, is actually a meeting point between how machines work and how humans work. So, eventually, you had, we had now have a new feed of how to change your self-image to fulfill your goal uh, uh, through what they now call psycho-cybernetics. So psycho-cybernetics is still like a meeting point between engineering and uh, this whole life coaching. Yeah, so there's a meeting point. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good, good. Good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, as a certified life coach and um, in, your, in, in your interaction with clients, and people generally what can you say about the general attitude of people to life coaching and um, personal development as a whole yes i would say i i think the general perception especially amongst young people is still um they still get that feeling among themselves that they could do things themselves you know but for the older generation they've seen life and they've known that oh they wish they could get help a long time ago so, so the older generation have got to the point where they see that yes, they truly need help. But the young people are still trying to do things themselves. They still feel they know all the answers and all that. So, so there's some kind of um, there's some kind of aversion to seeking help, to coaching, and all those um, sort of things. The younger ones are still uh, thinking about free fees. Like you know, they they want to take your time as a coach, but then they are not willing to make the investment. Uh, but but you could see them making investment in clothing, in um, buying music that not had value to their lives and all those sort of things and, and then they don't see the need to even pay for books now they're even looking for free books online and all those uh, things but, but I think generally gradually we can change that perception to help the young ones see the need for you know personal development personal investment investment in reading books investment in um, seeking help from coaches investment in um, uh, audio programs and this sort of things you know so so I, I think the perception is still low for uh, seeing the help that life coaches can give to people, but hopefully that will change. And that's what we try to achieve on, on, on this podcast, the ILE podcast, as we call it intentional development. We try to make people understand the, the principles and importance of learning and personal development. It's, it's, it's a real passion. Great. That's awesome. Well done. Thank you very much. All right. Earlier this year, you released a book sometime in January, if I remember correctly. You released awesome book, awesome book. I, I had the privilege of getting a copy from you, and I went through a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful content. What was your motivation? Tell me about the story behind the so book. Still as the it were. principle from my from my younger years that. I always, I've always had this passion to help people. Always had the passion to inspire people, and um, I, I got inspired that the first level would be for me to complete my book, to truly show that desire by putting it in a book first of all, 
because one good thing about a book is you not know the amount of impact you cannot calculate the impact your book can make because one person could read it the person gets inspired inspires the next person someone else could get it even when you're not there people get inspired in spite of you so so a book is really wonderful and a first step so uh, a first step to um, start fulfilling my purpose of inspiring people to also fulfill God's purpose for their life so um, that was why I, I I put the book together that was the whole story the story was just the story of my passion personal passion so it started from uh, writing Facebook articles initially initially I was writing Facebook articles just to still fulfill that passion of inspiring people then a friend stopped me one day and said you know you could put all that into a book and you know just out of the out of the blue she said i was like wow, wow. okay i i think i'll i'll think about that you know and eventually i started thinking of it i i got an editor the first time uh i think i got an editor the first time when i was in nigeria uh i, I couldn't complete that process before i traveled uh, to canada then i started again in canada before i eventually discovered uh, self-publishing and then i published the book myself wow awesome 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 congrats once again for on the release of the book and i i guess you also have one recently i i, I saw another i think this one is um something about yes. publishing something yes so now i'm making a transition to now also help others to fulfill their purpose in terms of those that have a desire to also write books so i'm now also making myself available to help them publish their, their books because I saw there were a lot of hiccups that I had to overcome along the way in getting my book. So in order to position myself to be a person of value to them in that particular area, I I transform into wow. helping them get their book published. And and so this book is free. It's a free book now. It's a free book to just give people information to prepare their books properly because I do not want to publish books that are not um, well prepared. I want to be able to publish books that are good, books that will add value to others. So that's why I had to send them this book for free. So this book for free so that they can properly prepare their book too. Then also uh, the other book that I'm also working on now is also called um, Why Am I Here? That book will prepare people yeah, to help okay. people see God's purpose for their lives. Uh, it helps people see, like, wh- what purpose is, is that purpose is embedded in our hearts, and then there are clues along the way that help us see what God is actually calling us into. So that book exposed, um, exposes all of the things that God, all of the clues that God puts on our path to help us fulfill His purpose for our life. Yeah. Awesome, awesome work you, you are doing, Coach Israel. Awesome work you are doing. Awesome work. I, 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 I saw a, 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 a banner or a, something like a flyer. You, you are one of the guest speakers at a forthcoming event. Something about women. Tell me about that that event. I think it's sometime in September, yes. if I remember yes. correctly. Yes. Yes. So, so it's um, sometime in September, and um, uh, frankly, by uh, like looking at what God is doing in my life, my life is kind of multi-purpose. Uh, if you if you have noticed even from this discussion now. There's been life coaching and caring, then coaching yes. and then I can tell. so it's no multi purpose. So initially when I got the invitation to speak at this women's event, I was like, talk to women. What am I telling women? I'm not sure I want to do this. But when I went back into my uh, prayers thinking about what to say, <laughs> I saw that God had already taught me a lot of things that I could actually share with 
uh, women. So, so it was a it was a good opportunity to go back again and say, okay, I accept this. I'm going to speak in the um, in the event. And there, there's actually a lot to say. So I'm going to be speaking on becoming a woman of purpose uh, because I, I feel somehow women are teaching women, and then there's been too much of women teaching women. Now men can also come to tell women what we feel that God is preparing them to be, not just in our lives but also to be in the society. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so the the the, the program is about women, women of purpose generally. Yes. So so the general idea of the program is still so the general idea of the convener of the program is still prepare women to be women of purpose right so the program is okay um, the woman of a purposeful adventure right and so she she looked at the society and saw that there are some people that are championing the cause of uh, feminism uh, so, so feminism okay. is trying to shift women from their original purpose trying to put women at war with men but now she says she's bringing people together that are that are committed to obeying God's word concerning who this woman is, what the woman is called to do. And so, um, she, um, uh, try to go against that new agenda of making women feminists and all those sort of things, to make them truly see that when they stay in God's plan for their lives, that they can truly fulfill even much more than they imagined they could. Yes. Wow. Wow. Awesome. 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 So I, I would like to know if if you were to mention any two things, maybe experiences or habits, what two things that have radically your life over the year and has made you get to where you are today, what will they be if you were to mention any two things that stands out in your life's experience so far? What would they be? Okay. Uh, two things I would say, apart from saying that yes god has been the source of my inspiration and everything i would say that my success is my responsibility uh, knowing fully well that uh, what i want to be tomorrow i have to take responsibility to do the work that is required of me today to get there so that's one key thing i think has been my drive to know that my success is my responsibility then also to know that knowledge is foundational for a life of significance and impact so i love books i read books i i study books i i, I read a lot so um, those two things have been key to help me live the kind of life i live now knowing that success is your responsibility from god and books awesome awesome I should also mention at this point that you helped me put my own book, my own second book, the, the Personal Effectiveness on Amazon yes. a few months back. Stand up this awesome interview session. For the sake of my listeners, how can you, you have your web handle and also this program? Uh, are there going to be flyers out at your website or somewhere where we can get okay, okay. hold of you? Um, so, so my website would be inspirednow.com so www.inspirednow so not inspired but inspired with the K so inspirednow.com alright you've been the ink in the pen yeah so it's inspirednow.com then also yes that's a good one so yeah, so that inspirednow.com, they can find me there. Then my Instagram handle is um, Life Coach Israel. 
life coach Israel. Yeah. Yeah, then if they'll be interested in my Facebook page also, they can find me there with um Israel Momodu. Yes. Okay. That's that's those 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 three those three uh I I think they are they are yeah, just sufficient. You. It's it's been nice having you. Thanks once again, Coach Israel, for an interesting time with you on this podcast. And um, on behalf of the Eilid Podcast team, here's wishing you all the best in your forthcoming program, your PhD research, and indeed all your future endeavors. Thank you very much, and God bless. We trust that you have learned something new. You have just listened to the Eilid Podcast with Sylvester Okoyomo. For questions, comments, and contributions, send an email to eyelidpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.